I'm Scotty Weeks, and you're listening to Tattoo 408. I really miss the days of walk-ins with Flash. Mm-hmm. When people would just walk in, 20 minutes on the boards, and pick something. Mm-hmm. Not the simplicity about it, but the traditional about it. Hey everyone, welcome to Tattoo 408. Ethan Gregory Dodge here with part two of my interview with Scotty Weeks. I loved my conversation with Scotty. He's seen so much and his shop, Marks of Art, is a staple in San Jose tattooing. If you haven't listened to the first part of the interview, go back and listen to the previous episode as it sets the stage for this one. Here, Scotty tells us about some of the folks that he's had worked for him, the ups and downs of running a tattoo shop, and how the industry has changed since Marks of Art opened nearly 30 years ago. As always, let me provide a bit of context before we start rolling. First off, the batteries of my audio recorder died about 20 minutes into the interview. The rest of it was recorded on my phone. Between my day job and family, I spaced to pick up extra batteries and couldn't find any at home before running out the door to make the interview. I've since purchased rechargeable batteries, so I don't run into the issue again. The audio produced by my phone was actually pretty good. There's just a bit more background noise, but you all know how I feel about capturing the atmosphere of the shop. The interview was recorded in the back office of the shop, and a couple of times, some of the artists will come back and scan and print designs that they're about to tattoo. Towards the end of the interview, you'll hear Darlene Love singing about Christmas in the background. Not sure why, because it was the beginning of May when we recorded this. At one moment, there's a point of confusion because Scotty picked up my phone thinking it was his, and I don't think that's immediately obvious when you're just listening to it, so thought I'd give you a heads up. There's a couple artists that he mentions without a ton of context. The one that comes up the most is Taki Kitamura. Taki is a friend of the show and worked for Scotty in the late 90s before opening State of Grace Tattoo in San Jose's Japantown. State of Grace has since become an internationally acclaimed shop. I wrote a cover story for Metro Silicon Valley about State of Grace that you can check out. The link will be in the show notes. I bring up Colin Baker. He apprenticed under Taki and still tattoos at State of Grace. Rob and Ross both currently tattoo at Marks of Art. Scotty brings up Paco. He's owned several shops throughout the Bay Area, including in San Jose. And of course, Pinky Yun. If you don't know who he is, go back and listen to last week's episode. Scotty uses the word scratcher, which is a term used for a tattooer who tattoos on the streets and not in a professional shop. At one point, I say something like, so many more people are getting tattooed now. Since this interview, I've listened extensively to another tattoo podcast called Beneath the Skin. In it, art history scholar and tattoo enthusiast Matt Lauder talks extensively about the history of tattooing both in ancient and modern times. It's a great podcast that I highly recommend. But one of his central arguments is that tattooing isn't necessarily any more popular now than it has been throughout history. Not sure I entirely agree, but it's a very interesting perspective and definitely worth diving into his pod nonetheless. Lastly, Scotty talks about a feud between Taki and another artist from Marks of Art. Just remember that he's retelling an almost 25-year-old story as an outsider looking in. When I interview Taki for the show, I'll see if he wants to talk about it. And just a couple more things before I let you go. We now have a sponsor, Saniderm. They make those clear bandages that you can apply after getting a tattoo that still allow the tattoo to breathe while preventing it from getting dirty or infected. They also have awesome tattoo aftercare products. You can get 15% off their website, saniderm.com, with the discount code TATTOO408. That's T-A-T-T-O-O-408. No spaces when you check out in your cart. 
And finally, if you appreciate this podcast, let me know by sharing it on social media and tagging it. It's tattoo.408 on TikTok and Instagram. If you're listening to this on Spotify or Apple Podcasts, leaving a five-star rating in the app literally takes five seconds and helps a lot more people find us. Or just go tell all your friends about it. Go ahead, send a mass text to all your friends that like tattoos in the Bay Area and be like, look at this awesome podcast. This guy is documenting San Jose tattoo history. Maybe they'll listen to it. Anyway, here we go, Scotty Weeks. Cool. Okay, so last time we left off with the opening of Marks of Art, you were telling me how cool your your second landlord was, but not your first, right? So, but uh, first one was hell. So I want to remind me how old you were when you opened the shop. Uh, thirty. Thirty. And when you first opened it, was it just you tattooing out of it? Or? It was just me, but I knew I wanted to do something bigger than just me. That's mm-hmm. why I went with a bigger shop. Mm-hmm. Um, I had one kid that was going to join me after about a month or so that I'd be here. Mm-hmm. And... Uh, Kind of like the weekend before he was supposed to be out of the shop that he was at, because he gave him notice and everything. Um, he got a call from Brian Everett in New Mexico. Mm. And he grew up there, so... Brian Everett was one of the top guys in Albuquerque. Mm-hmm. Uh, black and gray, portrait, all that stuff. And that was before portraits were popular. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, he called me up. He goes, you would never believe who just called me a little bit ago. And I'm like, fuck, I don't know. <laughs> He's all, Brian Everett. And I'm like, no. He goes, yep. He goes, he offered me a job. And I told him, well, if you don't take it, I will. <laughs> <laughs> who, who was this guy? Uh, Tim McCarthy. Is he still in Albuquerque? Nope. He is in Tacoma. Hmm. All over the place. Yeah, not too bad. Um, yeah, he stayed in uh, Albuquerque for a while. And then uh, I can't remember what took him to Tacoma. But he's been there for quite a while. So when you first opened the shop, it's always been a street shop, just walk-ins, right? You've never really done appointments? or Well, we'd do appointments. Um, if somebody came in and wanted to you know, come in on a certain day, their birthday or whatever, yeah, we'd make an appointment for that. But mm-hmm. yeah, most of the time when people are making appointments, it's because it's more of a custom drawing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I learned it's easier to... Give us a couple days, a week, whatever it is, Mm -hmm. to do your drawing, Mm -hmm. and then come in and get tattooed, and you come in, fill out paperwork, you sit down, you get tattooed. Mm -hmm. If you want that custom drawing done the same day, well, shit, you're sitting at the counter for an hour, maybe two hours, Right. you know, and the tattoo takes three hours, well, fuck, you just spent five hours. Right. Plus, if I'm back here drawing and there's people coming in for walk-ins, mm-hmm. I'm missing out on that 
quick cash. Right, right. Uh, so a lot of us would do our drawing either after hours or at home or, mm-hmm. you know, just give me a few days to draw it. Mm-hmm. You could spend four different times drawing something that mm-hmm. only took you an hour and a half to draw. Mm-hmm. Wait, so how, how long until you did bring somebody on with you? It was probably... I want to say probably about a little over a month. Okay. I hired this one guy, and uh, he worked for me, I want to say a couple months. And during that time, I hired Clem Mm -hmm. from Santa Cruz. Mm -hmm. Um, And then I started taking a day off, and... You were working seven days? Yeah. Wow. Yeah, I worked seven days a week for yeah, probably over three months. Even you know, just be, before I opened up, I was here on my days off, and I was here after I worked at the other shop. Mm-hmm. I'd come down, and you know, if I got two, three hours in and doing something, I got it done. Mm-hmm. Um, did, did you like putting in that amount of work or? I don't know if I liked it, but I was young enough that it didn't kill me. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but yeah, started taking, I think it was Sunday, started taking Sundays off. And the first guy that I hired, Phil, all of a sudden we noticed, me and Clem noticed that uh, he was starting to do a lot of touch-ups. Mm-hmm. It's like, okay, dude, you only been here for a month, whatever it is, and you did four tattoos today, and one was a walk-in, and three were touch-ups. Touch-ups on his own stuff? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And uh, after him doing a, a week or two of just nothing but majority of touch-ups of stuff that he already did, it's like, yeah, this guy's not cutting it. Mm-hmm. And... Uh, I was going to fire him, whatever day it was. And uh, he called me that morning and told me he's not coming into work because he quits. Mm-hmm. He's not making enough money and he could go back to work for whatever person we was working for beforehand doing bathroom remodels. <laughs> okay. So it was just me and Clem. Was he tattooing before that? Before you came, Phil, yeah, 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 because yeah, he came in um, just off the street, and uh, he had a couple pictures of stuff that he did, and I didn't know him from shit from Shinola, so mm-hmm. I told him bring in a friend or somebody that he works with or something and do a decent sized tattoo on him, mm-hmm. and I'll watch. Mm-hmm. That's kind of what we had to do back in the day, because. You know, it was still kind of a secretive thing, so we didn't know, you know, 18 other artists that lived and worked in the same town as you. Right. You know, um, so you couldn't get really too many people to recommend somebody. You know? mm-hmm. So I watched the kid do a tattoo, and he looked, looked like it was good, and 
the guy came in every couple of days to, you know, let me look at it while it's healing. Mm-hmm. And it was like the one tattoo that he did that he was not afraid to push the ink in and not afraid to hurt hurt the guy or whatever you want to call it. But uh-huh. even the couple of tattoos that he did on him afterwards when he was here, they healed up real soft compared to the first one. Really? So Interesting. But yeah, if you don't have, you know, Joe from another shop that, you know, you met at a convention going, hey, I got a friend that wants to move to San Jose. What can Mm -hmm. you do? Mm -hmm. You know, if you didn't have that, you hiring somebody because of their portfolio. Right. And you pray that that's their portfolio and and not somebody else's. Yeah. Because that was a big thing, too. Yeah. Still kind of is a problem, isn't it? Um, We haven't had it here. <laughs> in a long, long time, but it has happened. Yeah. Um, it happened to me at Sturgis when I was out at Sturgis. Uh-huh. Um, it happened to Tattoo John when I was hanging out at John's. Yeah. And I remember the guy came through me with a couple photos. Wanting to know if I could do that same tattoo. And I'm looking at these photos and I'm like, where the hell did you get these? Uh-huh. Oh, these are my friends. And I took pictures and I'm like, no. But I can't remember if I got the whole portfolio or if I got all the photos or half or what. But I got them out of the, off the guy and I took them back to John. Uh-huh. Um, but yeah, that was... That was a long time ago. Wait, so how long until... How many how many artists do you have operating here now? Six plus me. And how long before you built up to that? Seven. Seven plus me. Mm-hmm. Um, how long what? No. How long until... Like, was that always kind of your target number or did it just kind of happen that way? Right now, my target number is having at least one person at each desk. So six of us total. Uh-huh. Um, just so happens I got a couple guys that don't, can only work a day or two. Uh-huh. Uh, whether it's for like Rob. Rob doesn't work anywhere else, but he doesn't want to work weekends. Uh-huh. And the only thing I had available for at that time was Mondays and Tuesdays. And then we squeezed them in on Wednesdays. And then I got another guy that works up in the shop in the city. And he comes down on Sundays. Because mm-hmm. Rob didn't want to do the Sunday. Mm-hmm. You know, he didn't want Ross to be here by himself on Sunday. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I've always, I've always had, or I've always tried to have all six deaths filled. Yeah. Um, and then there is a time when Taki was here mm-hmm. that I had what was it? There was nine of us, either nine of us or ten of us, mm-hmm. and 
that was kind of chaotic because I'd have somebody at a desk that worked till seven mm-hmm. and then somebody would start from at seven and work till midnight mm-hmm. at the same desk. So mm-hmm. if the morning shift was still tattooing and the night shift had an appointment, mm-hmm. that kind of made everything, you know, shit right. running. He's running a half hour behind. He's right. running 45 minutes behind. Right. So it kind of, kind of messed with schedules a little bit here and there. Um, and that was also a time that I said, man, I got enough people I could open a second shop. Mm-hmm. And I actually looked up in Fremont and Hayward area. Mm-hmm. And at that time, I don't think there's anything in Hayward. And there's one guy in Fremont that was so flaky that he has never opened. Mm-hmm. Um, but I couldn't find... I couldn't find the right building, the right traffic. I didn't yeah. know too much about traffic up there. So I was asking a lot of people and telling them what streets I'm finding buildings at. And they'd be like, yeah, I don't know that street too well. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I did that for probably a good month or so. Mm-hmm. Just spending my off time just looking around up there. Because, again, this was, you know. You found stuff word of mouth. You found stuff in the paper, but there's no computer to, you know, go look at real estate and see pictures yeah. without driving there, you know? This was like in the late 90s then, right? If Taki were here? If Taki was here, yeah. yeah. Time, date, and everything, I'm not the greatest with, but yeah. Um, and then I ended up being thankful that I didn't do that because one of the guys that was here that I was going to make the manager of the other shop because he seemed to be having his shit together pretty good, I found out he was stealing from me. Oh, wow. Holy cow. So What was he stealing? Money. Yeah? Just not, not like, not, lying what he owed you or something? Yeah. Yeah? You'd look at the books, and he'd be booked off all day doing three tattoos. Mm-hmm. And... I'd get the paperwork and I'd look and I'm like, okay, he booked off for, you know, 10 hours. He did three tattoos, but yet he only made $400. Mm-hmm. And he has to give me my percentage mm-hmm. and he'd have to give the floor person uh, for each tattoo they clean up, they were getting money. Mm-hmm. And it was one of the four people that actually brought it to my attention like, you know, he made $400 the other day, and he gave me an $80 tip. Mm-hmm. And $400, he'd have to give you $160. Mm-hmm. So he just, you know, made $160 mm-hmm. working all day. Mm-hmm. And he handed out more money than, you know, what he needed to to me. Mm-hmm. But I think there's something up, Scott. And I'm just like, wow. Oh. So I went back and I looked at a couple things and I looked at a couple more things and like, fuck. And at the same time, his girlfriend became his wife and she worked here, Mm -hmm. but they took off to Hawaii for their honeymoon. Mm -hmm. So I had the four people call up all, both of theirs, like the last 20, 30 tattoos they did Mm -hmm. and said, hey, they forgot to write down the price on the paperwork. Mm-hmm. Um, what they charge you? Oh, he charged me five hundred dollars. 
Uh-huh. That's kind of funny because paperwork says 120. Right, right. So snap. When they came back from Hawaii, I met them out in the parking lot, and they had all these little trinket gifts for everybody, and they mm-hmm. gave, handed out all the gifts, and I pulled him to the side. I said, "Dude, I, I got to cut you loose. You're gone." Mm-hmm. I found description discrepancies in almost every single paperwork that we called, mm-hmm. and even ripping me off, and I don't know for how long, but I'm done. You're mm-hmm. gone. Mm-hmm. And I looked over at his wife. I said, your paperwork came out fine. But I don't think I could believe you if you told me you didn't know what was happening. Right. You guys lived together. Right. You know. I said, in that case, I'm going to let you go, too. Mm-hmm. If you want to use me for a reference, go for it. You, you. fuck off and no. die. <laughs> Are either of them still tattooing that you know of? Um, I know he was... Maybe 10, 12 years ago, mm-hmm. somewhere in L.A. Okay. But who knows if he still is. But yeah. I don't know if he is now and where he is. I heard she quit tattooing. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, I couldn't mm-hmm. tell you anything on top of that. What would you say has been the biggest change in, be it... Yeah, let's go with the industry first. In, t- in the tattooing industry, since you've opened Marks of Art, I mean, it, you opened it in the 90s, and, like, obviously, so many more people are getting tattooed now. What do you think is driving that change? What drives the change, I think, is what... Um, I don't know, maybe what people see and they don't think tattoos are as bad as, you know, maybe what their parents thought. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, you know, the clientele has definitely, definitely changed. How so? It went from, you know, you try to open a shop near a base mm-hmm. or a barracks, whatever mm-hmm. you want to call it, you mm-hmm. know, because it was always the military. Yeah. Um, and if it wasn't military, it was bikers. If it wasn't bikers, it was, you know, hoodlums and convicts. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And after that, you'd have, you know, maybe college girls. Mm-hmm. And they would just get the little stuff up on their ankle. Mm-hmm. You know, no girls got sleeves. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I take that back. No college girls would get sleeves. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, uh, when punk rock started getting popular, I would say there's more I call them stupid tattoos just because <laughs> I never got into punk rock. Uh-huh. And I don't think I've never done more insignias or band logos or even mm-hmm. names other than, you know, punk rock and now, you know, all this new generation shit. <laughs> but, you know, when I was getting into it, you know, you might have a buddy that get Led Zeppelin mm-hmm. or something like that. But, mm-hmm. you know, you didn't have people calling up, oh, I want the Van Halen symbol or I mm-hmm. want this or, you know, no, nobody did that. Mm-hmm. Getting skulls and, yeah, you know, eagles and shit like that. Do you, do you tattoo a lot of tech people now? 
Yeah. <laughs> is that the majority of your clientele now? No. No? No. Um, but the, it is, it is a lot coming through the door. Um, I would say youngsters are, youngsters are getting heavily tattooed quicker than my generation, I guess. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, like Ross, Ross had a bunch of tattoos by the time he was, you know, 19, 20 years old, mm -hmm. but not saying it was rare, but you didn't see that a lot. Right. You'd see, you know, four or five tattoos on a guy. Mm -hmm. um, but now, fuck, you got kids that come in and, you know, they're 18 years old and they got a full sleeve. And, mm -hmm. you know, it's looking like your arms. And we sit there and going, fuck, you're 18, you got a full sleeve. And yeah. it's all nice, cool work. And it's like, where's your fucking first tattoo? <laughs> it's this. And it's like, well, that's a nice tattoo. Where's, don't you got any shit on you? <laughs> And they're like, no. And it's like, I don't want to get shit tattooed on me. It's like, that's how it was. Right. You went one place, and then not, not necessarily you went one place and got a tattoo, and then your friend went to another and got a tattoo, and that one was better, so you'd bounce around. Mm -hmm. But, and you'd have, you know, your homeboy would scratch you up in the kitchen or something. Right, right, right. You know, everybody had a shitty tattoo one way or another, mm -hmm. you know. Both of you and the artist were fucking hammered like a motherfucker. Mm -hmm. Something. But no, there's a lot of people that have a good majority of, you know, body coverage and whatnot. And there's not one shitty tattoo on them. You know, and it's like, oh, I, I think about stuff ahead of time. Fuck that. It used to be fun. Just like, hey, let's go down to the tattoo shop. They're open for another hour. You know? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah catch the guy before he wants to go home like, I want that one okay yeah. what, where, what shitty tattoos do you have um I wouldn't call them shitty I just I found some people were like yeah okay that's cool that's kind of not what I wanted but fuck it I live with it Mm -hmm. And then I get tattooed by somebody else. It's like, man, he fucking did a way better job than the other guy. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, it's like I went to John for, I don't know, probably the first four years. Mm -hmm. Nobody touched me but John. Mm -hmm. And they used to say that. I'm not going to let anybody touch me. I'm just stick with John. And I think part of that was is, one, he gave me a good deal on stuff. Mm -hmm. um, but I went to one of my first big major conventions, and all of a sudden it's like, hey, I want to get tattooed by him. Right. I want to get tattooed by him. And then mm -hmm. I'm like, wow. I might venture out and get more tattoos from more people mm -hmm. instead of just going to one guy. Mm -hmm. um, now, most of the stuff that I got on me from John, yeah, we were fucked up mm -hmm, mm -hmm. you know we were doing shit we shouldn't be doing but that's what it was then mm -hmm. and at that time a lot of the stuff was single needle shit mm. so all that shit just exploded and yeah. turned to crap mm -hmm. um, yeah I think 
other than John. I think the only other person that has tattooed me Matt Julio Gil. I think I got maybe four Four other artists that have tattooed me more than twice, or two times, or, or one guy tattooed me. Two of them tattooed me three times. And then everything else, I think, is just one. Yeah, one person. Or one tattoo, one person. Um, and I want to say probably the majority of the tattoos that are on me now, I've gotten in here. Mm -hmm. Whether it was somebody who worked for me or somebody coming through doing a guest spot. Yeah. When was the last time you got a tattoo? March, February. I think it was February. Yeah. Oh. Of this year? Yeah, redheaded stepchild. Nice. Uh, one of the kids that used to work here um, passed away mm -hmm. and while he was here, he kind of picked up the nickname that he is my redheaded stepchild. Mm -hmm. Clean cut for the most part. He might have a scruffy beard, but you know, mm -hmm. quarter, quarter inch long and that'd be it. Um, rode a skateboard, was a vegetarian. And he was probably one of my biggest thorns in my side, I guess, for, <laughs> for the majority of the time. Uh -huh. um, I went next door one day to the gas station to get something. And the lady behind the counter was like, your son is such a sweet boy. I'm looking at her, I'm all my son. <laughs> Yeah, your your son, he's such a good boy. He's always polite. I don't have any kids. <laughs> it's just the the redheaded kid on the skateboard's not yours. He said you're his dad. <laughs> and there is what, twelve years difference? Uh, yeah, I think there's like a twelve year difference between the two of us. But I came in here and handful of people were here and I just fucking barely had two feet in the door and I just said my fucking redheaded fucking son <laughs> and he just kind of turned and looked and just started laughing a couple of the other guys started laughing they already knew you know uh -huh. and I guess it was going for like a good month or so that uh -huh. he was telling <laughs> and I'm fucking how in the fuck do I got a fucking redheaded stepchild and I didn't even fucking marry anybody or nothing <laughs> and uh, so yeah even years after he left we, we kept in touch mm -hmm. um, he was only up in the city but if he called hey it's your red-headed stepchild I'm like oh god what the fuck do you want you fucker <laughs> um, I remember when he left well I don't remember but 
he left and then I don't know, it was like four or five years goes by and I've seen him multiple times. I've talked to him multiple times. And he comes in one night visiting some friends down here and always tried to stop by. And he goes, hey, I got your machine dialed in perfect. I'm on my machine. I go, what fucking machine do you have? And puts it on my desk and it's a Tim Hendrix. I'm a motherfucker, you had this? He's all, yeah. He goes, I told you I was going to borrow it when I left. I go, well, I forgot that part in this whole fucking time. I've been fucking cussing out somebody because I thought somebody stole it. <laughs> uh, but yeah, about, uh, I don't know, maybe five years ago, uh, I went probably a couple years without seeing him. We talk, and then uh, he goes, hey, I'm going to send you a picture. Tell me what you think. And he sends me a picture of him standing in a yard, and he's just holding up a couple fish that he caught, but he's got, like, a belly going. He's got a scruffy red beard, fucking hairs past his shoulder, kind of scruffy up. And Look, I go, holy fuck, you're my son now. <laughs> Damn, what the fuck happened? He goes, yeah, I figured the look that you had has been working for you pretty good, so I figured I'd go the same route. <laughs> um, but yeah, even even his mom knew that he was my redheaded stepchild, and she thought that was a kick in the pants. What was his name? Justin. Uh, when he was here, he was Justin Bell. And then, I don't know when, but after he left, he started going by Justin May, which was his mom's maiden name. And you said he recently passed away. Yeah, he died uh, December. Most likely alcohol poisoning. Yeah. Boy did like to drink. Drink, smoke, and up to a handful of years back, because... I wouldn't even call him a vegetarian because he didn't even fucking eat vegetables. <laughs> he had fucking cheese pizza, grilled cheese sandwiches, and coffee, and cigarettes, mm -hmm. and alcohol. Mm -hmm. That was it. Yeah. We wouldn't eat meat. No. <laughs> no. I found out for a while he was... Um, Actually, it was when he first started. He was living in Chico. Mm -hmm. And he'd come down for a couple of days because he only worked for a few days a week. And uh, he'd stay with me. Um, we'd go to breakfast before he'd come to work. And I don't know, five, six times having breakfast together, uh, he said something. He goes, man, yeah. Gotta make a copy. Okay. Right. No worries. He would, uh. I'm sorry, <laughs> He made a comment about, you know, do you have bacon with like, every fucking meal? And I'm like, yeah. I go, why? You should try it. It's good for you. <laughs> like, I fucking can't stand the smell of bacon. Uh, you shouldn't have told me that. Now I'm gonna fucking order bacon every single time you're around. <laughs> That's fine. So, when you're tattooing, what kind of stuff do you prefer to tattoo? Mostly butt cheeks. Huh? 
Is it mostly butt cheeks? Yeah, no. Draw the butt cheeks or tattoo on butt cheeks? <laughs> or both? Neither. Neither. <laughs> My rule of thumb that I go by is if you got to move your underwear, I ain't touching you. Yeah. That's for guys, and that's not for fucking tidy whities Got to be boxers. <laughs> Baggy board shorts. I had one. They fucking... They set me up an appointment one year. And uh, some guy was a couple years older than me, and I guess he wanted something on his ass cheek. And uh, when I came in, I saw the paperwork. And uh, they said, don't worry. He said, it's in a spot where you don't have to move his underwear. Well, the fucker wore a thong. <laughs> And I, I turned him down. I said, nope, ain't working. Ain't going to do it. And they're like, come on, man. I said, nope. I don't see nothing, nothing at all about anything to have fun of looking at another man's ass. Ain't going to happen. So I didn't do it. <laughs> That's funny. But, but yeah, what styles do you typically um, or, or subjects or... Whatever. I'd say almost most of the stuff I could do, but I don't do portraits and I don't do realism. Mm -hmm. well, what do you What do you get most excited to do? Going home. <laughs> <laughs> um, I don't know. Good traditional stuff's always fun to do. Mm -hmm. that, that's always going to be something that majority of tattooists are going to like to do. I think, at least that's how it was. What are you doing, printing 14 pages? He's probably printing all that fucking page. Sounds like a jet printer. I was getting into doing a lot of different... Japanese, Asian stuff. Uh -huh. um, but I was using a lot of that for cover-up stuff. Mm. And I still kind of fall back on it a little bit. Um, especially with the flowers. They're busy enough that that could work. Mm -hmm. uh, and of course, dragons and snakes because of the scales. Most birds because you got all the wings. Mm -hmm. Or you got the wings with all the feathers. Uh, for a while, I was doing a shitload of cover-ups. Yeah. Um, Do you enjoy doing cover-ups? I would say kind of, sort of, just because a lot of times there's people out there that don't do them because they don't know how. Mm -hmm. Or there's people out there that think they're such a rock star that they're above covering up somebody's crap. Mm -hmm. so I want fresh skin. Like I want fresh skin. I don't want to touch mm -hmm. that. Why? Mm -hmm. can't. Mm -hmm. can't figure it out. Um, I used to say that I probably wouldn't be where I'm at with cover-ups if it wasn't for being in a town that had Pinky. Yeah. Because Pinky would do so many tattoos too small mm -hmm. and with a nine round and you know 
two years later, that little Anheuser-Busch eagle that you got this big is just a big blur. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, yeah, I did a lot of cover-ups of Pinky stuff. But not only his, with it being as popular as it was around here, there was a lot of scratchers. Mm-hmm. There was a lot of people that shouldn't have been working in shops. Mm-hmm. You know, I'd look at stuff and it's like, man, whose garage did you get that out of? Or, this came from a shop. I'm like, oh, really? <laughs> wow. Was the owner? He was the owner. Oh, shit. You know? Like, wow, all right. Are there shops still around? Honestly, I couldn't tell you what shops are out there anymore. <laughs> you don't fit. You don't care too much anymore? Well, it's not that I don't care. It's just got, it got oversaturated. Oh, there's so many. I'm trying to track down every single one in San Jose. It's yeah. like impossible. Um, what was it? Story? What runs parallel with 101? Story or King? Or do you know? Um... So I think it's King, because yeah, I'm pretty sure Story Crosses 101. Or am I thinking of Tully? With Story and Tully. Tully's farther down. Tully crosses over. Yeah. Then okay. Then it's Story because there's because Story and Tully come have an intersection. So it was. I'm pretty sure it was Story. I was going by. I don't know. Month. Well, it's actually after I got my stairway shot or before. So, yeah, a little over a month ago. I was going to my ex-girlfriend's out there. And I fucking, I'm at a light and I kind of just look over a little bit. And there's one of those big old nylon flags that says tattoos blowing in the wind. Mm-hmm. And uh, another one that said walk-ins. And it's a fucking house. Yeah fucking house cars are in the driveway fucking garage door is open I'm like damn somebody's doing what I used to <laughs> but it just you know caught me off guard there's a couple guys hanging out front but yeah just like holy shit tattoo shop right there at the house on story how long has that that been mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and I asked her when I got to her place and she goes oh that's been there for a couple months at least that I've seen those things Mm-hmm. Like damn, but yeah, there's before the pandemic when we had deal with the health department. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the guy told me one time that there's over like 120 shops that was registered with the health department in Santa Santa Clara County. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So if that was registered. There's probably another 20 or 30 that aren't. Mm-hmm. And I hear I hear talk a lot that, you know, oh, there's a shop that opened up over at this place, but they were only there for three months. Mm-hmm. They closed, and then one of the guys that used to work there opened up a month later, and he went like six months, and he closed. Mm-hmm. So there's a lot of that going yeah. around. Um but yeah, like I said, when I opened up here, I was the tenth shop in Santa Clara County. Yeah. And I didn't personally know everybody, 
but I knew of everybody. Mm-hmm. You know. Mm-hmm. And then there was ones that I did know. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, real quick, you know, it went from almost any tattoo come through the door, I could, you know, almost identify who did it right. to where I have no fucking clue. Right. You know, just way, way too many tattooists. Uh, and then, you know, there's shops like this one, like Takis. You got seven, eight people that are working there. Mm-hmm. And I don't know, six of those people, seven of those people. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Taki shop right now, I, if they walk through the door, I'd recognize Taki and I'd recognize Tomo. Mm-hmm. Whoever else is there, I don't know if I'd recognize <laughs> if I even met him yet. You would recognize Colin? Actually, yeah, I'd recognize Colin. I was going to say, he's been there a long time. Yeah. All the other ones, yeah. They've yeah. Pretty new. Plus, he's like the only Asian kid that's 6'5". I know. <laughs> he's huge. Every time I see him, it like takes me back. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, he's hard to miss. Um, so when you are looking to hire an artist, or when you're hiring an artist, what, what, what qualities do you look for? Either in themselves or in their art? Both. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I would say majority of the artists that I've hired here have all come recommended by somebody here or somebody that I know. Mm-hmm. I haven't really had to do too many right off the street type. Um, but I think a lot of that is now too is because a lot of these youngsters, they talk with each other. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, so they might put the word out through themselves. Um, I used to say I wanted at least five years shop experience. Mm-hmm. I think I'm down to three on that. <laughs> um, oh, it's just, I, I want to say the internet's the blame to that. Mm-hmm. Um, there's so much things that me and other artists that are my age or that generation that it took a while to learn stuff. Yeah. Now you can watch YouTube for 24 hours straight and mm-hmm. learn so much shit. Mm-hmm. You got your, you know, buddy that you can sit there and practice and right. work on. Next thing you know, they're doing shit like, what the fuck made you think about doing it that way? And wow, that really worked. Mm-hmm. I don't, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, so yeah, I brought the experience down a little bit. Um, I've never hired, well, I can't say never. I think I hired one girl that I didn't think she should have been done with her apprenticeship, but Mm -hmm. she sucked ass. Mm -hmm. Had to give her the boot after the first week. Small stuff, she did okay. She got a hold of one of my customers because I wasn't here one day, and she just jacked the living fuck out of her doing a big under the boot piece. And, uh, That's too bad. Fuck, it was 
It was fucking terrible. Those tattoos are so are so cool too. That's a that's a it's a shame that it got wasted. <laughs> it was. Supposed to be wings and some jewels. <laughs> oh, I think it's pretty bad too. Once you see my phone, it looks nothing like yours. fucked up is this girl came to me to do mass cover up on her forearm of a bunch of shit. Uh-huh. So I was working on it for quite a while. Uh-huh. Um, she didn't live local, so it wasn't like she was in here all the time. Uh-huh. But, uh, I get a phone call from one of the counter people here. And they're like, hey, um, I can't even think of her name. What's her name wants to talk to you? And I'm like, yeah, okay, put her on. And uh, she's like in tears. I don't know. No, she- I don't know what to do. She goes, well, that... I can't remember the girl's name. She goes, I let your girl tattoo me, and oh my God, I'm not happy at all, and it's just jacked up, and I'm like, fuck. And that girl came over um, through Paco. That used to be new school. Mm. And, uh... He, she used to work with Paco. She worked for, yeah, she worked with Paco for a short period. And then, I forget whatever reason Paco quit tattooing around here or whatever it was. Um... He called me up and said, yeah, she's a good girl, and this, that, this, and fuck, I had to call Paco and say, fuck, dude, she jacked up my customer. Uh-huh. Um, this is what the girl did on her all day. Oh, man. And... I called it fucking the pine cone nightmare because uh-huh. one of these looks like a fucking pine uh-huh. cone. Uh-huh. Um, yeah. And, you know, this had meaning to her. And yeah. There's all kinds I of know. Things. As soon as I saw the star of David, man, that's... It's yeah. just... It fucking... It was terrible. And it took me a while to come up with something that she thought she could live with. But... She was even, you know, not happy with that because it's not what she originally wanted. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But I got rid of the pine cones. Mm-hmm. That's so yeah. hard. Yeah. But that was, fuck, it just, I mean, 
we probably spent easily probably two hours just in consultation time of what could be done. Mm -hmm. And everything that she was picking was similar to what she had. Mm -hmm. And it's like, I can't, I can't put that over all that brown shit and that black shit. Mm -hmm. That centerpiece is jacked up. Um, Mm. Yeah. That's really too bad. And yeah, and it's like, far as I know, it still looks like this to this day. So that top, top pieces aren't done. Uh-huh. And there's supposed to be something that goes up above that, but she didn't want to go that high, if I remember right. Uh-huh. Um, but yeah, I haven't seen her back with to finish that or to finish up the fucking forearm crap. Um, like I said, she, I think she lives up in Reading now or something uh-huh. like that. But... Yeah, it's... Yeah, that's too bad. Have you ever taken on an apprentice? I took one on just before the pandemic. Mm-hmm. And I was kind of against it. I've always been against it for two reasons. One, I didn't do a correct apprenticeship. Mm-hmm. John helped me after hours. Mm-hmm. And I thank him for all the help that he gave me. But it was still a rough road that, you know, being self-taught. I, I trying to learn off of other people that I met in the business without going, hey, show me how to do this. Mm-hmm. You know, you just want to watch. Mm-hmm. So a lot of that was really hard. Um, and two, as time goes on and on, I fucking think the business is saturated. Mm-hmm. You know? Um, If people want to be a tattooist now, I want to say it's because of TV, mm-hmm. and they like the limelight. Mm-hmm. Um, I've had a couple kids come through here, and it's like if you're not willing to eat, breathe, and sleep tattoo, mm-hmm. do something else. Because mm-hmm. um, that what that's what you have to put into it to be something mm-hmm. in this business. Mm-hmm. You're not going to be able to be a flash jockey. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You're going to get hit up for custom stuff. You're going to get hit up for blending, you know, one tattoo into another. Mm-hmm. You, know? you can't go out and flashboard and say, oh, we'll just put this right here over it and that'll be next to that and that'll be fine. Mm-hmm. You know. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, I had one girl approached me about it. She was my counter help. And she started doing line drawings for us, getting stuff ready for doing the next tattoo. And, Mm -hmm. you know, hey, what do you want to do? And she goes, I think I want a tattoo. She goes, I'm kind of digging this, drawing the parts for Mm -hmm. it. And a couple guys here were giving her assignments to draw before I even, you know, got on on it. Mm -hmm. And... In the beginning of the pandemic, okay, we can't work. We're not here. Mm-hmm. I could tell you what to draw, mm-hmm. but you're not going to be able to watch any of us tattoo because we're not tattooing. Mm-hmm. And that went on for months and months. And next thing you know, she's 
tattooing out of her house. Mm. And asked her to stop, and she didn't. Long story short, I cut her loose. Mm-hmm. You know, told her, you know, you can't be tattooing with people knowing that you work here. Right. And you're not being supervised tattooing. Right. And she was posting pictures, and I'm looking at pictures going, you know, if you would have done this at the shop, I would have been pissed. Mm-hmm. You know, look at the, you know, your eyes are crooked. Your uh-huh. wings are, you know, definitely not the same. And, you know, you got your shading going from one side to the other. And over here, you got it from the same side going to the other, but it should be the opposite. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Um, hell, the tattooist now. Uh-huh. But she had to get a job at somebody else's shop, and they more or less took over. Uh-huh. Um, and she kept tattooing. You know, and the more you do, the better you're going to get. Right. But she was tattooing a lot of friends, a lot of family, so most of them were like, yeah, I'll be your guinea pig. Mm-hmm. She was still young. Mm-hmm. And when you're young, all your friends are very smart, and they want to be guinea pigs too. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so you get that practice. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I got one buddy of mine. He's been a carpenter. Uh his whole life, a laborer his whole life, 74 years old now, and his body's so beat up, he started tattooing about a year ago. Mm. And I'm looking at him, going, what the fuck made you get into this shit, Lloyd? Because mm-hmm. he's sleeved out, he's got chest panels, but that's about it. And, uh, he goes, fuck, because I just needed something where I'm not fucking beating myself up. Uh-huh. And uh, he goes, I did some work for this one guy over here, and we started talking, and, you know, he's showing me the ropes. I'm like, wow, okay. He goes, unless you want to show me the ropes. I'm like, man, I don't do apprenticeships. I, I, uh-huh. I'm not a good babysitter. Uh-huh. I don't have the patience to sit there and watch you, uh-huh. you know? Um, but, uh, and I told him, I said, you know, the fuck are you going to do for clientele? Mm-hmm. I go, everybody that I know, when we started young, mm-hmm. all our friends are 15 to 20. They're smart as fuck. You mm-hmm. want to tell them you want a free tattoo? They're all for it. Mm-hmm. He's all, fuck. Because all my friends are smart as fuck. They're all fucking AA and NA. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, oh my God, you're so fucking truthful. You know, get somebody who's been fucking doped up for the last 25 years and mm-hmm. now they're clean for six months and you're offering a free tattoo. <laughs> fuck yeah, they'll go for it. I want sober right here. <laughs> But he's been doing it. And, uh, I mean, I can't say he won't get better. But I don't see, I don't see him reaching a really good peak mm-hmm. of doing kick-ass work. Mm-hmm. Would you say that Marks of Art has left a legacy? I 
I would say yes, but it's mostly because I hear people. Mm-hmm. What do you hear? That this shop's helped out a lot of people. Mm-hmm. Uh, it being here in the same spot for almost 30 years is a major plus. Um, same owner, major plus. And other than having maybe, you know, four, maybe five people work here that I'd never, ever let tattoo me, mm-hmm. everybody else has been, you know, sharp. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm not going to say I turned out a million Takis or a million Matt Pardos or anything like that, mm-hmm. but I've had a good amount of really good artists work here for quite a while, mm-hmm. multiple or different times. Right. Yeah. Right. Um, you know, when Justin passed, I had to kind of go through my list and it's like, okay, they worked with Justin. They worked with Justin. Mm-hmm. You know, he's here for... I want to say, I, I think, six years, what we kind of figured out. So I had to call all those people that I had contact with and let them know. Uh, Taki could care less. <laughs> Him and Taki had a blowout. And I still, to this day, I don't know exactly what it was all about. Other than I think it was about Room 21. Because I know they both... It was both their ideas to start a skateboard company that was like poking everybody else in their fucking face. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, anybody can do this. Mm-hmm. Watch us. We can do it. That sounds like talking. <laughs> and right off the bat... There was something that went down, and Justin and Taki weren't talking, mm-hmm. and Justin bowed out. Mm-hmm. Come on in. And uh, what the fuck are you doing? <laughs> Taking a photo. <laughs> <laughs> Push your penis on this guy. I'm gonna chat to a donut wizard. That's kind of cool, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> Is that sprinkles? <laughs> Uh, he might even know Room 21 It was a uh, talking skateboard uh, Like skateboard brand the, Yeah I but you remember the very Very beginning when it was talking and Justin Yeah I guess so Do you know what the Big major fuck up was Uh uh-uh. And then I know talking Let Lewis sandal it and Lewis huh? Talking handed it over to Lewis And Lewis kind of ran it from the ground or whatever. Well yeah but that was many years after yeah, I don't know. Talking Justin. But yeah, I, I still to this day, I don't know. Those two can, they're like oil and water. Yeah, right? I don't know who did what to make one say they're fuck both, you. And they're both assholes, so. They're <laughs> <laughs> assholes don't mix. <laughs> yeah, so, you know, just trying to find people that worked with them was, you know, and were they on good terms. Majority of them were. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I, I think the biggest biggest issue I've had between two artists here would be Taki and Justin, mm-hmm. and then the other one would be Dave Flowers 
which used to own Guru, mm-hmm. and maybe a dozen people here mm-hmm. against Dave. Mm-hmm. Uh, not too many people like Dave when he was here. Mm-hmm. He was good with customers. He was a good tattooist for the most part. In the beginning, he had the same issue as that guy Phil. Um, Dave was afraid to hurt people, mm-hmm. so he wouldn't go as deep as he should doing the tattoo, and they'd come mm-hmm. back and no color. Yeah. It's like, what are you doing, Dave? Mm-hmm. And at that time, I realized having a tattooist with only one or two tattoos is not good because they don't know how to tattoo for the most part. Right. They don't know what it's supposed to feel like. Right. Um, I had one guy, Juan, fuck, he wanted to fucking beat Dave up every time Dave told the customer, ah, don't worry, it ain't gonna hurt. <laughs> you know, and Juan would get up and Juan would, was probably 80% covered. A lot of it was jailhouse style, but not necessarily from jail. Somewhere, but not a lot at all. A lot of punk rock shit, and then just a lot of black and gray um, stuff. And being Juan Ortega, a lot of people see just black and gray and go, oh, he got that shit in prison. Yeah. But Juan fucking get up and fucking get in Dave's face in front of the customer going, you don't have a tattoo on your chest. You can't tell this person it's not going to hurt. You don't fucking know. And Dave would say something and Juan be like, Scotty, I need the fucking day off. Like, All right, Juan, go. Dave would sit there going, fuck, I don't get it. You don't know how it is. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Like, would you go to a dentist who has no fucking teeth? Mm-hmm. A motherfucker couldn't even take care of his own teeth and he's right. going to tell you how to take care of it. Somebody, you know, your teeth? Right. Fuck no. Right. Uh, but yeah, I've, I think those are the the two biggest biggest issues. How did, how uh, how do I word this question? How do you feel about Mark Sapart's legacy? Again, use that word. <laughs> I'm. I'm all right with it. I'm, I'm good with it, you know. Um, if you would have told me 20 years ago that I'd be, you know, doing this for 30 years mm-hmm. in this building, I would have, you know, probably second-guessed you, like, really? You think so? Mm-hmm. You know? And I don't know why that would be an answer, but I never thought that I would be doing it in the same place Mm -hmm. just because you know not too many people do that yeah in this industry you know i know people that had a perfectly good running shop and after 10 years they shut it down and they move yeah well i lived in the same house for almost 33 years (laughs) i don't move a lot Uh (laughs) and i see all my shit now and i know why i don't move a lot (laughs) Yeah. Sorry, you're gonna say something. Um, yeah, I just you know I, I. 
also during that time, I used to tell people, oh, I'm never going to leave California. Mm-hmm. It's great. Mm-hmm. You know, probably last give or take seven, eight years, nine years. I don't know what the fuck I'm still doing here. Mm-hmm. This. This is the mm-hmm. only thing that's holding me back. Mm-hmm. Other than that, I would have been out of here probably a good seven years ago with a couple of buddies of mine that bailed out. Why is that? Just the way the government's doing shit. Mm-hmm. Um, people think, I'm not gonna say people think I'm strange, but some people say I'm strange. I have a bunch of guns. Mm-hmm. I have regular revolvers, I have shotguns, I have you know, pistols, but I also have some assault rifles. Uh-huh. And the last time I went and shot any of my assault rifles has been, fuck, well over 13, 14 years. Mm-hmm. Why? I don't know. I hate cleaning guns. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, but to me, that's my right to own. And now with all this political crap of people wanting all your shit and, mm-hmm. you know, that ain't right, I don't, in my opinion. I'm into old cars. You know, California's already got stuff, you know, not going to sell any new cars that are gas. Mm-hmm. You know, shit, they're already eliminating gas stations and putting mm-hmm. electric stations up. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So... Last question is, is basically up to you. Is there anything else you want to get on the record that was left out? I feel like you're one of my best friends. <laughs> um, God, what to get on the record? I don't know. I would, I really miss the days of walk-ins with Flash, mm-hmm. when people would just walk in 20 minutes on the boards and pick something, mm-hmm. because all that was, not the simplicity about it, but the traditional about it, mm-hmm. whether it was a traditional piece or it's I hate to say, even a stupid tribal piece, mm-hmm. you know. Mm-hmm. Um, I think people weren't as nitpicky, and people weren't well. Finicky's the same thing, um, but there were people that were into getting multiple tattoos. Mm-hmm. Um, I remember, you know, Flash was the big thing. Um, And then it started getting into a little bit more custom stuff and people would come in, well, I don't want to get that. That's probably been done, you know, 20 times. You're like, well, I've done it 15 times and he's done it 20 times, you know. So, yeah, it's been done a lot and I'm not the only shop with that sheet of Flash hanging on the wall. But it's a tattoo and it's a good tattoo. Right. It'll always read as a good tattoo. Mm-hmm. So people started getting into custom stuff. Um, so we had to, you know, break out our drawing skills and, you know, learn to 
layout stuff on bigger pieces of the flesh and whatnot. And then all of a sudden, this thing called Pinterest shows up. <laughs> and, you know, you got people coming in going, I want that little paper airplane. It's like, uh, oh, hang on a second. You come back and you grab the little paper airplane that's on the wall and you go out there and you go, this one? Yeah, that one. It's just like this one on my phone. It's like, yeah, we did three of them earlier today. Yeah. You, want, you want to be the fourth person? Yeah, that's fine. Like, fuck. Uh-huh. Why didn't they say that about Flash? Right. Because that right. shit was drawn to be a tattoo. Pinterest was not. Right. You know? I want to say probably nine out of ten things that come through the door that they're pulling off of Pinterest shouldn't be fucking tattooed. Mm-hmm. You know? It's going to look like crap in two years, five years, ten years. Mm-hmm. Then you're going to end up with a bigger tattoo. And do you want a bigger tattoo? No, you can't just touch it up. Tattoo wasn't meant to be just touched up. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It was meant to, you know, get it once and live with it. Right. You know, I mean, if I believed in touch-ups, fuck, I'd be getting all kinds of shit touched up. But right. I already know what that used to look like. I already know what that used to look like. If right. I'm going to go through the pain, I'm going to fucking fill up that spot, and I'm going to fill up that spot. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, a lot of... I think a lot of people that sh- are getting tattooed nowadays, I'm not saying they shouldn't. I'm not nobody to say you can or you can't, but mm-hmm. they're doing it for completely different reasons than what I think this industry was in the 60s, 70s, 80s. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. I wasn't in tattoos in the 60s, but I remember seeing them as a kid. Yeah. You know, I had an uncle that had a bunch of shit that was all Navy related. According to my mom, I used to sit there and try to color his fucking arms with crayons at fucking parties. Mm-hmm. And couldn't figure out why crayons didn't work on skin. <laughs> <laughs> you know. Uh, and I've always told my Uncle Chuck before he passed away, it's your fault I got into tattooing. Don't blame that on me. It's like, no, man. You're the first one I remember with a bunch of tattoos. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so you always thought that was kind of cool. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's just... The... I don't know if the correct term, but the bad boy of getting tattoos is gone. Mm-hmm. Yeah, soccer moms and all that shit. Yeah. I think I said before, if you would have told me 35, 40 years ago I'd be tattooing soccer moms, I would have asked you, what the fuck's a soccer mom? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and at the same time, I gotta not bow down to it, but I gotta keep my shop somewhat of a clean atmosphere because of all that. Mm-hmm. You know, I think probably the only thing that I'd Definitely be doing different if this was 30, 40 years ago and I didn't drink. <laughs> fuck, I'd probably have a shop dog. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Everybody should have a dog. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. But, uh, you know, 
hanging out at Tattoo John's place for all those years. He didn't have a dog, but I remember people bringing in a dog. Right, right. Um, he had a kegerator, so, you know, yeah. can't go wrong with that. <laughs> I'll, you know, people are allowed to drink. People are allowed to, you know, smoke inside the shop. I don't think I'd do that because I don't smoke. Mm-hmm. But just, you know, it's it's not the same same atmosphere and it doesn't have to be a seedy atmosphere mm-hmm. it's just you know can't tell all jokes that you want to tell yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, when the piercing used to be in here when I first opened up it was a handful of months without piercing and then where my station is, that was a little piercing area. The shop mm-hmm. used to go this way. Mm-hmm. And I had four, I had four desks going that way. Um, I think it was Aerosmith's. I forget what song, but they had a video where a girl got her belly button pierced. Mm-hmm. Fucking A. Every fucking little girl wanted their belly button pierced. Mm-hmm. So you got soccer mom coming in with her daughter and five of their friends mm-hmm. for one piercing. And you got all these girls and gaggling over there and somebody says an off-color joke and all of a sudden, yeah. oh my God, you hear that? And it's like, okay, maybe this is not the right way to do things. Mm-hmm. Um, but yet that was... What I grew up at John's, you know, mm-hmm. off-color jokes all day long. Right, right. Shit, when I got my stomach tattooed, mm-hmm. I'm laying on his fucking gurney, mm-hmm. and it's probably two in the morning because I always got tattooed super late. Mm-hmm. All the paying customers went first, mm-hmm. and John's literally tattooing my stomach, and Bear's reading a fucking joke book out loud. Mm-hmm. And you know, it's a funny joke. I laughed. John's. Quit laughing. <laughs> well, tell him to quit fucking reading out loud. John's all, you see the size of him? I'm not telling him that. <laughs> like, fuck, come on, bear. Oh, man, these are funny jokes. That joke book's probably around the shop for fucking eight years, you know? Uh-huh. <laughs> this just torments Scotty even more. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, just, you know, it's, it's not the same, and I don't know, maybe... I know I'm not in change, not into change a lot. Mm-hmm. You know, that's why I drive old cars. That's why I don't like new things. Mm-hmm. You know, me and technology don't get along. Mm-hmm. I fuck it all up every time I touch something that has fucking a computer brain in it. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it's too much. And then when government and whatever else starts putting their fingers in it or the handout and it's like you got no reason to be in our business mm-hmm. other than somebody you know complained about something so now you're trying to make something different right so, that's why I'm surprised I'm still in California <laughs> <laughs> Once again, big thanks to Scotty for taking the time to talk to us. I thoroughly enjoyed our conversation. I hope you did too. As always, thank you so much to 
Tessie Spizak for our logo. Check her out, TrashSack69 on Instagram. Mint Beats made our intro and outro music. It's a track from their most recent record, Levels. Go check it out on Spotify. And don't forget to share the podcast. Next episode will be out Tuesday, August 21st. Talk to you then. Taki told me that you like Cadillacs. Yeah, <laughs> yeah he told me to ask you how many Cadillacs you have. <laughs> I'm down to six. Okay, what were you at? The most I had at one time was nine. Nine. Yeah, I've had, I think I'm on 24th Cadillac. Wow. Yeah. Do you ever drive them? Oh, yeah. Because I've only seen you have that Toyota out That's... there. That's your commuter. That's my commuter. <laughs> fucking now at gas prices and the way they get fucking shitty mileage, it's like, yeah, my car's not going to see San Jose too much anymore. <laughs>